Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Kyle Philippi shares on his experience in the Philippines and speaks on walking by faith with pastors Michael and Jahan. This morning we have an awesome treat. You guys will remember a few weeks ago uh, we had Kyle Philippi from Far Flung Tin Can and Miriam, his beautiful bride, and um, they came and shared about the Philippines and what God was calling them to do there, and and he'll tell us more about that again, refresh us on that, but God did a miracle that morning. Yes. It was a miracle. He did a miracle in our hearts. He did a miracle in our finances. He did a miracle in our obedience, right? And we actually were able to fund the entire project in the Philippines. Come on, that's amazing. Not only did we fund it, but we exceeded it. We went above and beyond the entire budget for this project in the Philippines. And so such an amazing, amazing miracle, man, that took place. I I talked to Kyle earlier that week before Sunday, and I said, I really feel like God is going to do a miracle on Sunday. And he did, and it was so powerful. And he used us to do a miracle. That's exciting that God can use us to do miracles. So we're excited to hear about it and receive him. We honor you. We thank you all for being here today. So Kyle Philippi, welcome him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hello, thank you so much. I think I flipped it on. Yep, yeah, there we go. All right. So good to be here with you guys. I wish we lived closer because we would just like slip in on worship and just lay on our faces, uh, listen to that worship team. Just it's just we we kind of sneak onto the live stream every once in a while because uh, we just love it so much. It's actually so good. Like your drummer is so fire that you put a sprinkler into the drum. Like, you know your drummer is fire when they, they're legally saying, look, this guy one day is going to catch this place on fire, put a sprinkler in there, fill him up, and make it a fish tank. That's amazing. I don't know where he went, but it was, yeah. The drumsticks every once in a while were just smoking. I asked him last time. I kept looking when we were here like six weeks ago, and I asked him at lunch. I said, I just noticed a small, like, it's not a sprinkler, right? He's like, yeah, it's a, it's a sprinkler. Um, I love it. Um, but so, so happy to be back with you guys. Um, so, so some of you may not know uh, what Far Flung does. Um, you just know that it's a weird name. I think I, we went over the name last time. But essentially, we go to the most far-flung, remote places in the world and spread the gospel. Uh, the gospel says that his name will be known in every nation or every people group, and then the end will come. And one statistic said that there are around 50,000 people groups in the world who have never heard the name of Jesus. And there are places, there's a lot of missions, ministries, there are a lot of amazing, amazing people that we, we come across and meet. They're doing awesome work. Crusades and big orphanages, those are so needed. And then there's places in the world that are just too annoying to get to, essentially. 
It might take four days to get there. You have to fly and then get on a boat for three days. And then you have to go and you have to eat snacks on floating islands. You have to do all these things. It's just really annoying. And then you get there and there's 30 people there. And so really just like when you look at the, the, the nuts and bolts, you're just like, it's just not worth it to go to those people. They'll, they'll eventually get reached. But the problem is for thousands of years, 2,000 years, 4,000 years in some of these places, no one has ever gone there because it's inconvenient. It's annoying. You might get sick going there. It's just so, it's dangerous. So for, for thousands of years, people have never gone to these places and they've been waiting, whether they know it or not. They've been waiting for someone to reach the gospel. And I just think it's just the most amazing gift of God that we get to go to these places. The, the anticipation that is waiting in a place that has been dark for thousands of years, waiting for the glory of God to be revealed. There's a scripture that says, um, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth like the waters covers the seas. Not the, not the glory of God will cover the earth because it's already covering the earth. The glory of God is all over the earth. The problem is the knowledge of the glory of God is not, which is truth. And so when we go on these trips and you may wonder, why would I go on this trip? I'm not a missionary. What can I do on a trip? Can you speak truth? Okay, great. You're needed. Because what I have found is I don't have to call down glory. I don't have to muster up and create glory because I couldn't do it anyways. All I have to do is show up at a place that for thousands of years have been pagan and, the, and Jesus' name had never been spoken. All I have to do is go there and reveal the truth of Christ to them. And all of a sudden, you, with like a flashlight, you can see the glory of God show up in a place that's been waiting to be revealed. And the Lord just shows up and it's easy. We, we go to the highest place on earth, the highest city on earth, 17,000 feet in elevation. Half the oxygen we're breathing right now. No laws, no police, no running water, no sewage. Everybody that told me, everybody that I told I was going there in Peru said I will die if I go there. And I get there and it was the easiest ministry experience I've ever had in my life. We ended up praying for nine hours in the streets for 800 people. And we halfway through, people were coming up and saying, excuse me, how much are you charging for healings? And I kept, I kept hearing that. I was like, nothing, just, just get in line. Eventually, I said, why are you asking that? And they said, well, uh, like three hours ago, my cousin was healed and she ran up the mountain and got me and said, you got to go down to the city because these men have come. And so we just saw one thing after another. It was just the knowledge of the glory of God being revealed in a place that hadn't before. So that's a little bit about what we do in general. And you're invited to be a part of that. We have trips um, all year long. We go to the floating islands of Peru. We go to the highest city on earth in Peru. We go to uh, the ghetto of Ecuador where 80% of all drugs in the nation come out of this neighborhood. There's a feeding ministry for children. They are a lighthouse on a hill. Um, we go to Mozambique, Africa, and do children's programming, and we feed kids. Actually, um, um, this is a, a quick plug. So their feeding ministry, they feed about 300 kids every day. And they only feed them like rice and beans and like a sauce. And they're super grateful because the kids wouldn't eat. And Celia, last year, someone who just went on a trip, she was a school teacher, didn't know what she could offer on a trip, but the Lord told her to go on a trip. So she goes and she's talking to Celia. Celia says, one day, oh, I'd just love for us to build a chicken coop. 
And it was just like, why? And she said, well, they only have chicken. We can only afford to give them chicken once a year, and that's at Christmas. So once a year, they associate Christmas with chicken. So this, this school teacher comes up to me, and she's like, hey, let's build a chicken coop. I was like, what are you talking about? So she gives me, she catches me up. And uh, so I go talk to Celia. I said, Celia, is this important to you? She goes, oh, more than anything, if we could have chicken once a week, that would be like Christmas once a week. And giving these kids protein and all that. So we're like, okay. So I thought like, I don't know anything about chickens either. I thought, okay, chicken coop, like I'm thinking just like this little like shed. Like, okay, yeah, we'll put some boards together. We'll pay for it. So I approved the thing. And then... <laughs> it's like a chicken factory. Uh, it, ha- it hosts 600 chickens. And what they do is they raise them from chicks for like a uh, dollar. And they raise them up. Five weeks later, they sell half of them for like, I think, four or five dollars. And then the other half, they feed the kids. And then they are able to buy more chicks. And, but they needed to get started. And they need to, you know, this, sometimes there's extra costs. So one of the team members came up with this stupid shirt idea. And we have sold this shirt, and we have now bought over 2,000 chickens with this shirt, and we have them out there. It says, like chicken, like Christmas every week. And so we actually, on the trip, right, uh, right before the chicken coop idea, we went and prayed for a guy in church. He's like, I need a job so bad. There's just no jobs. So we pray for him to have a job. Then we go and do home visits later in the week, and, this, and we split up. And one of the girls goes to his home. He goes, oh, I can't believe you're here right now. I can't believe you're here. And she's like, what is it? He goes, I got a job. I got a job. You prayed for, I've been praying for months. You, I, you prayed for me. I got a job. She's like, that's, that's awesome. He goes, I have to thank you. She says, no, 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 you don't have to thank us. He goes, no, hold on. Let me, hold on. And he just runs away. And he comes back with a rooster. And he's like, here, thank you. So she comes back from her home visit carrying a rooster. And I was like, what is happening? She goes, she's from Alabama. She goes, I named him Farf for Farflung. So then, like a day later is when the chicken coop idea came. And now we had an Abraham for the generations of chickens. So we put him in the chicken coop first to father many nations. And so this is Farf. And we even put Farf, I gave him a Farf name tag. And so anyways, they're $30 for the shirt. $15 covers the cost of the shirt, and $15 buys 15 chickens. So when you buy this shirt, you get 15, uh, we buy 15 chicks, they grow, and then five weeks later, a bunch of kids eat them. So this is just an awesome thing. And we bought, it's a stupid, dumb shirt. But someone went on a, on a trip and was like, how can I help? They gave the idea. Also, they fundraised the whole chicken coop. We didn't even buy the chicken coop. She went and went to her friends and family and said, hey, they really need it. She's all about like wellness and health. She fundraised her and another one. They fundraised the $4,000 it cost to build this chicken coop. And then they came up with the shirt idea. And I said, I will push it and push it. And so if you buy the shirt, you're buying 15 chicks in Africa. Um, So they're going to like just scroll some pictures so you can have some visuals of what we ended up doing in the Philippines. So we left like a few days after we came here. And a little bit of background, the Lord started telling us about we need to get into the Oceania area uh, back in 2019. And I've been interviewing missionaries since 2019. No, earlier than that. We decided in 2019. 
So it was about 2018, we started looking at the Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, Philippines, Indonesia, all these places, nothing felt right. And there's awesome ministries, but none of them were just going really far away. And so finally, someone that I knew, knew somebody who's a son who goes to a church and it's just a random connection. They're like, I know a ministry in the Philippines and they're um, doing incredible work. I start hearing about their work and I'm like, this is it. So in 2019, we announced we're going to the Philippines in 2020. (laughs) And so here we are two years after that, we finally get on the ground. We're like the first group there. They, They literally just opened up. And so we get there and this ministry is called One Way Outreach. So back in 1972, this guy named Ben Gaetano, he's not even spirit-filled, he, but he's a pastor. I think he might've been Catholic. He might've been a priest. And so someone spirit-filled came to him with a vision and start praying over him that you need to start building churches all over the Philippines. You need to build a church on every island in the Philippines. And there's 7,000 islands. And he said he saw this visual of a mushroom growing up over the Philippines and just um, then another mushroom, another mushroom, and then just all over mushrooms sprouting up. And that would be the kingdom. And so he starts off and he starts launching this ministry just on his own. And uh, he does that for 20 years. He dies in the, in the 90s. His wife takes over and then his son takes over, Brian Gaetano. And so They've done all of this without any outside help. They've built a thousand churches in the Philippines with no Western help at all, just doing it internally. And it's just incredible what they've accomplished. And and so we're like, okay, we're gonna go there. We're gonna partner with you and we're gonna tell your story over seven days. So we drove six to eight hours every day through winding mountains. We went and visited, I think 25 churches out of a thousand went and just poured into the pastors. Most of them have never like had an American come to their church. Uh, Anyone just outside of the Philippines, just really remote. Even like Brian, he doesn't get to visit all these churches. You think about it, you go at a thousand churches. You can't visit but 50 of them, 52 of them a year. And so it was a big deal that he was coming and we just went there and just... uh, documented what is happening in the Philippines and how we can be a part of it and how people can travel there. And we didn't have it paid for to go there. The Lord told us to go. I'm going to be honest. I just swiped the credit card. I was like, we're going. And then I was like, I got to pay this off. Um, Lord, how are we going to do this? And I made a few phone calls and I called your pastors here and she's like, can we, can we come? Can we just, actually, I didn't even ask to come. I just can't, can you help? <laughs> They're far-flung family. Can you do anything? He's like, just, just come on Sunday. It's a bad Sunday. It's vision Sundays, but just, just come. And I'm like, okay, any little bit to chisel away at this debt to get this trip paid for. And I just did not see a way how we're going to pay for this. And you guys showed out. I mean, literally, I look at it as it was something that I very much saw was impossible to accomplish, and the Lord used all of you to, to do something I viewed as impossible in an instant. And God has been doing so much since. Like, we have, uh, we just put together the whole film. Actually, that's another miracle. It takes us three months. I say, it, it takes me three months to edit a film, an hour and a half film. And I was, we had our missions conference last weekend, and I said, I'm just gonna put together like a 25, 30 minute version of it. 
I don't know what happened, but an hour and a half film got done in eight days. Literally, I don't know. I really don't know. And um, so I was just like, it's just done. Here it is. And so we, um, and people have already been wanting to figure out how they can go on the trip and how they can be a part. And um, I sent them the film that it's almost, the audio's getting finished up and the music, but I went ahead and sent it to them. They just were in tears. Couldn't believe that their story's being told this way. And um, we, they have such a following in the Philippines. People are just so passionate about this ministry. Uh, we, we put the first two minutes of the film on Facebook. Uh, literally just an intro to the film. Like, here, let's just, here's a little bit of footage. And, you know, with, with people that follow Far Flung, like, if it gets like 20, 30 shares, like, that was a good, that was a good post. We had a lot of people. I post the thing, and I wake up the next morning, and it has 15,000 views and 800 shares. And I was like, what is going on? And the Philippines just went wild. They were like, this is, the story's being told because it's that great of a ministry. It's like a secret gem that people don't know of outside of the Philippines and that all the people there that are part of this movement just went wild. And so we went from village to village. Our favorite one is a place called Marabatuan. Everybody say Marabatuan. Just, just feels good to say. Marabatuan has been uh, a, a Christian village for about 30 years. And you can tell, like it took us eight hours to get there. And, we're, and a lot of these photos, <laughs> that's one of the pastors there. A lot of these photos you're seeing are uh, of Marabatuan. Palm trees just everywhere. I've never seen more palm trees in my life, right up there on the ocean. So it's just tucked away in this palm tree forest. It's just like Jeremy puts it as, it's just like a little pocket of the gospel that just dropped down in the middle of the jungle. And just, you like walk around. It felt weird. It felt like heaven. Like the loudspeakers they have throughout the village are just playing Christian music as you're walking by and just the little shops and beautiful flowers everywhere. Everybody's just smiling and greeting. That was like an example of this ministry being in place in a village for 30 years. We got to see every different timeline of the impact of this ministry. And we did uh, that right there. That is one of the services we did. It's the first joint service they've done since COVID. And people traveled, people walked for hours and hours, three or four hours to come to the service. Other pastors and all the pastors in the region, like 30 pastors came to be together for the first time. And we got to minister with them and encourage them. And it was just crazy. That couple that you saw on the motorcycle, they, um, they were part of a church and the Lord just spoke to them and they said, I'm st we're still gonna go to this church but we're just going to plant a church further into the jungle on another day of the week. And we'll just ride our motorcycle there because the Lord's dealing with us. This is what's incredible about this ministry. Not that they have a thousand churches, like just take that part out. The quality of their ministry, I, have, I think I'm the most impressed with this missions uh, project than any other one that we've been a part of because I met 25 of their pastors. This is their DNA. They believe that churches should plant churches, period. And so every year, th think about, th just, I'm just, I'm, I think of what all I know of ministry and then I think of this concept. Every year, every pastor should be looking in his congregation for his best leader, not to raise him up and be part of what you're doing to, incur to help his own ministry, but be looking all year, training, equipping, look for your best leader, to lose them at the end of the year, 
to go down the road further that, where the gospel's not reached because these, nobody has cars. Some have motorcycles. So they're like, go to a village that has no access to the gospel. So raise up your best leader, your best asset in your church to give them away in a year and go plant another church. And that church starts and within their first year of being a church and they're getting all these people saved. These are people that are just getting saved that year. And he's going, who do, I, who do I see that's a leader? Hey, I think you have it. I wanna train and equip you so that you can go and plant another church. And they, they, that everybody has this mentality that we should be planting annually. And they've done it a thousand times. And now they're planting five churches a month. It's just absolutely insane to me that they're accomplishing this. And I'm meeting all these pastors and they all get it. They have that DNA that, yeah, we gotta go further. We gotta go further. We gotta bring the gospel to these places that are unreached, even if it means I quote unquote will hurt what I'm building. And, and every single one of them got that. That to me absolutely just wrecked me, that that was the mindset. And so we went to all these different churches and a lot of them, um, they're just these small builds. What they do is they go to a place where the gospel's not reached. Usually they have a family member that knows someone in the village. They can build some rapport and they start doing crusades and they start feeding people and they start meeting the needs of the people. And then they say, do you want to build a church here? And they're like, yes, let's plant a church. He goes, okay, who has land that they'll give up? And so someone will go, you know what? You can take my plot of land here. So they give up the land. Then they say, you know what? We're not just gonna build a church because we want you to be invested in this. You build the church, we'll put the roof on. And so then the community comes together, they gather the funds, they raise about $2,000 and something around that amount, depending on the size of the church. And they, they build up the church and then One Way Outreach says, all right, we're gonna put the roof on. And then they plant the church in 10 days. They have a church built. And so that's where I think Farflung is ready to come alongside. We're working on a logo for Farflung Roofers, and we're going to have some roofing hats for those that want to just pay for roofs in the Philippines to be the final thing, the final covering of these churches that are being built five a month. And so because we have a film, and a lot of people get it, like, why would you invest into a film? Because we have this film and these clips and all these things, I'm able to go and go and go tell all these, tell individual donors, tell churches, tell businesses about what's happening in the Philippines. And people will go, yeah, I'll build a church. Yeah, I'll build a church. That's what your investment did. Without a film, I cannot tell the story. But because we have a film, your church is now recruiting people to build churches throughout the Philippines. That's incredible that, that you are in this church planning movement. And because you did this, because you allowed us to build this film, now we can build church after church after church. So I wanna let you know that it wasn't just, I got to go on a trip to the Philippines for a week and that's the outcome. Now, the outcome starts now. Most people, the Philippines, you know, a missions trip is like, okay, I'm there for a week and then I come home. It's like, no, 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 when I get home, that's when, that's when it starts. That's where we start this movement of making an impact in another nation. And so it's just so crazy that we got to be part of this. We're going to show you a clip um, of one of the places we went to, and that'll be the last thing I share with you. 
We, we, we went to church, we went to villages that they had been reached to the gospel for a long time. We went to churches that had been there for maybe, you know, a year. And then we were like, let's go to a newly established church. So they're like, okay, we're going to go. We went and the details, they don't really care about details. We'd always say, how long is it going to take? Where, how are we getting there? And they didn't know. So they would just make up answers. And we'd ask someone else, and there'd be a different answer. We're like, what is happening? Essentially, they're just like, look, we're going. Like, what does it matter? Just, just go. So the last update we got was two hours by van, 30 minutes walking into this remote mountain village. We're like, okay, all right, two hours walking. I mean, uh, two hours by van, 30 minutes walking. And so after one hour in the van, we pull over. And they're like, okay, get all your bags out. Okay, what are we doing? We're going to get on this dirt bike with a frame welded to it. And five of you are going to get on it with all your bags and we're going to go to the village. How far? We don't know. Spoiler alert, it was two and a half hours <laughs> on this random road. And you're going to see it in this. But we end up going to this village that had only been established as a church for four months. And they're meeting, someone gave up their house to meet in. They just put the church sign on a house. They couldn't even put anybody in the house. It was just, everybody met outside of the house. And uh, they were building the church. You'll see the, them putting the frames up. We were there just as they were building. This was remote. It's weird because there's a paved road. The government just decided, let's put pieces of pavement in this jungle. But it was remote. And um, I got to speak with the people there that night. It was very difficult in the sense of it's pouring rain and we're outside on a tarp. Uh, we're dealing with mostly kids, like two-thirds kids, one-third adults, with a translator who's never translated before, with people who have only heard the gospel for four months and in a completely different culture. But the Lord moved. And I got to use the story because I, I just spoke on the basic concept of walk by faith. Literally, I had a whole thing and I got about two minutes in. I was like, literally, I'm just gonna stay on this one scripture. Walk by faith. And I was able to use the example of God does impossible things. Like it was impossible for me to come here until a week ago where the Lord made a way. So I want you to watch this clip of us getting to this village and ministering there that night. <laughs> that was just a tease. Wet boot because 
I tried to ride across on the dirt bike. Seven to ten days, they have a new church up in Miller. 
So they've been here ministering uh, with the established church for months. It's amazing to see every step of the process. So I think we're having church. We're going to see what happens now. We are on the island of Mindanao in the Philippines. And we are out in the middle of nowhere. And it's amazing. This is far from like way too difficult to be here to have any business of being here. But here we are. We're getting our hammock set up in a home that was offered to us just randomly when we got here. We got our hammock set up. As we're setting up our hammocks, we hear this singing. And they are now in the church. Well, they're outside the church actually because they don't fit. And they're just singing praises. It's beautiful. There's a ton of people out here. Uh, this church is four months old. Yeah, this is one of those surreal moments. You kind of just like, we're out here, way out here. And what it took to get out here, it's the middle of the night, and you're, you're, you're doing this with these people. It's, it's amazing. What is faith? Faith is believing in something that you can't exactly see. Faith is saying, I believe in God. In the Bible, it says that we should walk with faith and not with our eyes. That sounds very crazy. <laughs> when I walk, I use my eyes. But the Bible says when we walk, we don't walk with eyes. We walk with faith that God is with us. There was a story in the Bible. They were on a boat. In the Bible. They were on a boat. And when they were on the boat, it began to rain. And everyone in the boat got inside. They looked out on the water. And they saw a man with long hair. Trust him. 
Even if it's impossible. Bisang pagdana, impossible kaayo mamay kabo. How awesome is it that you were part of the impossible in a store becoming possible? That is so awesome that the Lord was able to pull you into a story into the Philippines. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of that, for your giving and believing in what we're doing and enough to, to respond to it. And so what we do now is we're, we're going to be putting this story out and continue to tell people what One Way Outreach is doing. We have a trip in July that you can just sign up for. I would love to see some Redemption Life people on that trip and be able to represent on the ground what you guys did from here. And uh, we're gonna just start putting some roofs on some churches and see God, little pockets of the kingdom show up in some very, very remote places. And so we wanna welcome you to be a part, believe in the impossible and see what God will do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. This is awesome. Yes. There's kids' books out there, too. I didn't promote it. We believe that your kids should be thinking about missions. So there's kids' books and magazines. Kids' books out out there. there. Hoodies from Ecuador. Lots of stuff. Don't forget your phone. Yes, those phones. Ah. How awesome. So one of my favorite parts of missions is that the time situation. Because um, it, it's good for me. to not be in control of that stuff. So it's kind of cool for whatever amount of time you're in the mission field for you to surrender control of time and you really don't have a choice. So um, we kind of made a joke last trip we were on. Um, The guy would say, we'll be there in an hour and it meant nothing, you know? So I'm thankful we weren't on one of those bikes you guys were on. But John was going to share a little bit. Go for it. Um, Just a couple things that stuck out to me. Um, There's a prophetic word that's over this house that is your yes will be louder than the no of the past. It was on the video that we showed you guys during Vision Month. Your yes will be louder than the no of the past or louder than that city's no. And as Kyle is up here sharing his story today, I'm just, I'm enamored and in awe of the size of his yes. Right? Like I might say, and I say might loosely, Kyle's called a couple times over the last 10 years and been like, do you want to go? And I just emphatically am like, no. And, um, and he's like, come on, we're going to be on a boat for three days, and we're going to sing on the boat. And I was like, no. No, I have, there's not a single atom in the fibers of my being that desires to do what you're doing. I, no, I have children that I need to come home and raise. And um, anyways, 
like, yes to a plane, yes to a different country. I have actually gone to Guatemala twice, one with Michael and one with you. And that is about the extent of my world travels. Yes to doing maybe some hard things, like some labor, you know. But I think my no would have come with the get on the wobbly welded bike for an unnamed amount of time until you arrive at God knows where. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, if I die, they don't know where to come find me, you know? So, I mean, I'm watching the film, like, that we're enjoying this, this is unbelievable, but I'm thinking, no, you know? <laughs> and so I just, I'm enamored with the size of your yes, which provokes me to how many opportunities and challenges and adventures do we have an invitation to on the regular? And we just say, no. Like we don't even entertain it for a second because we have 20 reasons why this is not practical, this is not going to work, I am going to die, no one will find me there. And some are, some are completely logical and rational reasons and others completely outside of the realm of rational because you go there, you know, once you cross over <laughs> the bike situation. But I'm just saying in here now today, how many opportunities would heaven be making a documentary of in our lives if we had had a Yes. How many moments are we missing because we say, no, no, no. I mean, we don't even think about it. Just, nope. That's outside of my comfort zone. That's outside of the realm of possibility. I have no finances for that. This is impossible. I can't do this. There are 25,000 reasons why this is a hard no for me. So Hebrews 11, we know verse 1 and 2. It's so very familiar to us. I don't know how much of us live this out like the word invites us to, but now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Faith is just so basic and primary and foundational in the kingdom. It's just so number one. And the things that you and I were made and built and hardwired, and we, we ache and long for because it it's in our DNA because heaven wrote the story long before we got here. The things we long for are the, uh, on the other side of yes to faith. And I think we don't, we don't see what we long for because we don't have a yes to just, I'm going to walk with faith and not with my eyes. So powerful. Verse 2, this testimony of Oops, nope, got to go back to verse one. Needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Verse three, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. And on down to verse six. Without faith living in us, it's impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those 
who passionately seek him. And to that, I just want to say, Kyle, you are a serious God pleaser. He loves us regardless, but I want to please God. I want him to be delighted in how I choose to spend my days. And I, that's on the other side of yes. Yes to, yes, yes. Looks impossible, yes. Don't know how I'm gonna do it, yes. There's some things that God's promised over this place. And I'm burning to see it, yes. Don't know how I'm gonna see it. Don't know how we're gonna pay for it. Don't know how we're gonna make the transition. What does it look like to multiply exponentially? But I say yes. So I just want to encourage you today to keep a yes before your no inserts itself and robs you and hijacks you from all the incredible adventures that God has for you and I. I mean, if, if on the other side of our yes is this documentary where people are in awe and wonder at the God that you serve, isn't it worth it? You know? But I... We don't have any cool stories to tell because we don't ever come up against impossible things where we need God to do something. We're doing so much of what we do in our own strength. And yes, I'll do that because I'll be gone an hour and a half. I know how I'm going to get there and I know how I'm going to get back. And now it's paid for, it's planned for, it's prepared for. What about the things that are planned and prepared for by God and are completely ready for you? All you need though, you don't need the money. You don't need the understanding. You don't need the logic and the reason. You just need the yes. And on the other side of the yes is everything he's prepared and planned for you. And what an incredible, beautiful story we would have to tell. You know, um, if you lose one of your senses, the other senses are heightened. And... Uh, I don't hear the Lord. I don't know. What do you mean when you say the Lord speaks? Well, maybe we don't hear him because we've become too reliant on our eyes. We live by sight and not by faith. But if we would close our eyes, everybody close your eyes, then we could start to hear better. And as we hear more and we respond, I do believe he speaks more. I don't see God as the nagging partner who just keeps sending texts when you don't want to talk to him. He is a pursuer. He chases us down, but he's just not going to keep giving instruction to adventure when you just never take him up on the offers. But when we close our eyes, I was just thinking about Peter listening to Kyle preach to those kids and adults in that remote village. Peter could walk on the water, walk on faith, till he started looking too much. Jahan's saying we say no because we've already scoped out all of the situations and obstacles and circumstances, so we just have a quick no. 
And if we're going to have a yes that's louder than the no of the past, a radical yes, we're going to have to close our eyes on some things. We're going to have to quit living by what is seen. I mean, how much of our day is dictated on what we see and what we've planned and what we've calculated and what we've figured? How much of your day is just wide open for the Holy Spirit? How quick, how, how likely are we to trash can what we're doing and lock in on what God's saying and just make a radical move in a day? How likely are we, maybe not on a little bike with welded on seats, that takes an undisclosed amount of time, but how likely are we to enter into something right here in our world that's an undisclosed amount of time if we get into it? We don't know when it will end. We don't know when they'll quit talking. We don't know when we'll quit ministry, but we're willing to, what's the word? inconvenience ourselves for an undisclosed amount of time. I mean, we say, I just can't do that. I mean, I can't, it's not practical to go to the Philippines and do all this stuff. He's a missionary. He can do that. Okay. But when just one time, when's the last time in your world, in your work, in your family, in your life where you've just trash canned your plans? And listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit and just went and just did. When's the last time you responded to a waiter or a server and just trash canned the rest of your plans and engaged? It's a cool thing. The book I was reading, I read you some of it last week, I think, but talked about like in a movie scene when everything else fades out and you kind of just zoom in. It talked about Jesus kind of was the one-at-a-time zoom-in kind of guy. So many stories, there's crowds, 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 the woman with issue blood, crowds, but Jesus had the ability to just look and everything just faded out. And he would just zoom in. Because that's what, everything you see me do is what the Father does. I don't do my own thing. So what is we, what are we zooming in on? So just in my life, where, where is the last time? When is the last time our yes was louder than the no of the past? When's the last time where nine out of 10 people would say no, but I said yes? You just don't get the mountaintop experiences. You just don't get to be able to come and say, what I thought was impossible, God did. When we never say yes to the impossible, the enemy desires to keep us in a place of lack 
and less than inferior. He wants us to not have stories of triumph. He wants us not to have stories of victory. He wants us not to have anything in our faith to celebrate just begrudgingly. What is that passage? It says we, we tell our story with prodding prose. That's mundane melancholy. But God wants us to tell our story with victorious shouts. But those victorious shouts come on the other side of surrender and sacrifice. But it's really a reward, a gift, and a prize when God would speak to his people and call them to a place. I just challenge us today to say yes to the impossible. Because look, you don't know it's impossible unless you're peeking. A lot of times our no comes on evidence that we should have never seen. Because we weren't supposed to be walking by what we see. We were supposed to be walking by faith. No, God, I can't do that. He's like, how'd you know that? How did you know the budget wasn't going to be there two days before you left? How did you know the cost? Were you looking? We were at dinner on vacation. My mom was trying to decide between the ribs and the brisket. And the ribs were the most expensive thing on the menu. And mom kept talking about, should I get these thing that costs this or the thing that costs this? And I said, mom, this is how we like to order. Because we're not poverty. We like to cover up this side of the menu with the prices. And we like to just order what we want. How many times would you pick something different if you weren't looking at the wrong side of the menu? If it wasn't impossible for you to come to him without faith because you had to believe that he's a rewarder for those who seek him and you know that he is in control, he is in charge, and he's working for your good, quit looking at the wrong side of the menu. When he speaks and he says, you can have this. When he says, you can have this. When he says, you can have this. Yeah, but look at this. That's going to cost this. That's going to cost this. That might take this. That might do this. Cover it up. You're not supposed to be looking. Everybody stand up with me, will you? How do you know it's impossible? You must have been peeking. God says you can't do much with me if you're peeking. Because I made you. I formed you. I created you. I know how your brain works. You can't look at the things I'm showing you. You can't see it the way I see it, right? My ways are higher than your ways. My, my thought processes are infinite and yours are finite. You can't walk a walk with me looking. Come on. that is. You can't walk with God looking because you'll freak out. You'll turn around. Your heart can't even stand it. Come on, why is there so much anxiety? 
Man, I'm feeling the glory. Why is there so much anxiety? Why is there so much torment? Especially with believers in the house of God. We're trying to walk a walk of impossible looking the entire time. One time the Lord told me to repent for not trusting him. And I was like, not trusting you? You told me to have a lot of kids. Look at me. You told me to plant a church. Look at us. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything you told me to do. I'm walking a radical walk of faith. He says, that's why you're so miserable. Because you're doing all the right stuff, but you're looking the whole time. You're thinking about the cost all the time. You're stressed out all the time. Just think about that. Peter walking with him on the water. You can't walk where he wants to walk with you with your eyes open. Time to close our eyes. Seems less than, seems restricted, seems like it would hinder the way you live. Yeah, in the natural, it would seem that way unless you realize whose hand you're holding. And he's going to take you places you would never go if your eyes were open. (laughs) And when you get there, you're going to say, this is better than anything I've ever seen. I would have never been here unless I closed my eyes. Apostle Paul on the way to Damascus got blinded. Thank you, Lord. Taking my sight. I thought I knew everything. Thought I had a reason to boast. If anybody had a reason to boast, I had everything. I knew everything. I've all this stuff. Now I now that I've gone blind, I count all of that as dung. Because I've trash can that merit system I trash can that that scale that I was using because I tapped into something we can't even see this is real he's more real come on that part he's more real you're more real than yeah come on skin on my bones. He's more real. He's more real than what we see. You're more real than the breath in my lungs. Yeah. You're more real than the ground I'm standing on. What's really going on? What's really going on? What's really holding you up? You're more real. You're more real. Today, God, we just close our eyes. We willingly, obediently close our eyes. Come on, some of us need to close our eyes. We need to numb the, that sense. We need to surrender what we see, surrender our vision. 
Lord, I can't see anything. My eyes are closed. I'm so weak, and that's when he becomes strong. That's when he's able to lead and guide and take over. We just surrender. We just surrender. May not be on a motorcycle up a hill, but right now, God, I just want to live a life with my eyes closed to the things of the world. And my ears open, my heart open to the leading of your voice. We want to have a yes louder than any no of the past. We want to have a redemptive yes for our home and our family. For the generations that have passed, we want to have a redemptive yes. A yes that's so big, it can't even be compared to the no of the past. Here we are. Here we are. Today starts a new journey, a new adventure, a new path. Sometimes I've had to pray, Lord, I'm hungry, but help my lack of hunger. So I really just see like a numbing shot of the Holy Spirit. This is crazy, but into our vision process. Like a numbing shot. And I believe that numbing shot is the love of God because he says, if you love the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. So the love of God comes in in such a way that it drowns out love of the world. He, we're so enamored with him. So would you just inoculate our eyes today? Can we see you in such a way? Can we have a redemptive revelation of you right now in such a way that ruins us for the things of the world? All we want is you. All we need is you. All we got to have is you. Desperate to hear your voice more than seeing the skin on our bones, more than seeing the ground we're standing on, more than seeing everything we've planned and strategized and hoped for come to pass because we're such good planners. Can we just... The verse we read last week, people have traded the truth of God for a lie. What we see fades away. What's unseen lasts forever. We're not foolish if we don't rely on what we see as the world would say we're foolish, but we are actually the wise ones that build our life on the foundation that will never fade away and not on what is fleeting and passing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, so be it unto us. Prayer team, if you'll come as we dismiss, if there's anyone today, if there's anyone today that does not know Jesus, you do not, you've not, you're not walking with him, you're not holding his hand, you're not coming to him in faith and saying, my life is not my own, but it's yours. 
to you I belong and you want to give your heart to him today if you'll just come down and pray with one of these prayer team folks today if anybody needs prayer for any other thing prayer team is here if you need healing in your body don't miss an opportunity to come into agreement with this prayer team today tonight encounter tonight encounter don't forget to make it Christmas every week get you a Farf the Rooster shirt. That has some incredible material out there. Very well put together magazine and children's books. Y'all buy them out today, okay? A couple things I'm hearing before we send you out the door. I know you already dismissed them, but um, there's some people in the room. You need to close your eyes on a relationship. I heard that. And I heard a career. You just need to close your eyes on what you think your career is and open your eyes to the invitation of the Lord. So just wanted to throw that out there. And again, if you need prayer, their prayer team's up here. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church. 